Hello, I'm Claire from Wild Ginger Running, the trail and ultra running YouTube channel. And this is the podcast version of my weekly live chat with an athlete, coach or other running expert. The link to the original film on YouTube is in the show notes. Check out my Instagram and YouTube channel for more training advice, inspiration and gear reviews. Everything is Wild Ginger Running and my blog is wildgingerrunning.co.uk. Support me on Patreon if you enjoy this free advice at patreon.com slash wildgingerrunning. Enjoy this podcast and see you next week for more. Hello everybody and welcome to Wild Ginger Running, the live broadcast. Tonight is all about Bridgedale's new range of trail running socks. So I'm delighted to be here with Stephen Connor, who is the new product development and senior technician. We'll find out what that is in just a moment. And Mark Brennan, of course, who is the MD of Bridgedale itself. So welcome Stephen, welcome Mark. How are you doing tonight? Have you been out in the sun today? It's been a lovely day. I wish I had been, but so far not. I'll be going out after this. Awesome. <laughs> I've, been, I've been tied up with the screen today, most of oh, the day, unfortunately. Oh, that yeah. sucks. Well, um, we won't keep you too long then. <laughs> um, and Stephen, how's your day been? Not too bad at all, but I've been mainly in the factory most of the day, so going home. I'm still here at the moment, so going home straight after this. Nice. And, um, and where are both of you based? Is there a big office for Bridgedale, or are you all remotely? Um, Bridgedale is a factory in Newton Ards in Northern Ireland, so I'm based there. Mark is based over in England, and obviously due to COVID, he's not able to travel at the moment. So I'm based in Northamptonshire, and I'm based in travel from here back and forth to the factory, but as, as Stephen said, I haven't been since August. Yeah, yeah, obviously, not- yeah. We've all been on Zoom a lot lately, haven't we? <laughs> Absolutely. Fantastic. Um, so there's today we're going to talk about the new trail running range um, for Bridgedale. But just before we get on to that, um, I just thought I'd let everybody know what your job roles are. So could you just briefly expra- explain, Stephen, what the new product development and senior technician does? And then we'll ask you, Mark, after that. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I'm in charge of all new product development for Bridgedale, which means all new concepts, whether it's a picture, or an idea, I am in charge of actually getting them into making it into a sock. And senior technician, could have been with the firm uh, for 28 years. Uh, started off as a mechanic and then moved into product development after about three or four years. So I've been product development for 24, 25 years now. Mm-hmm. So then, so Mark will come to you with like, ah, Stephen, we need to make training socks. And you go, okay, Mark, I can do that. Absolutely, that's exactly how it works, yes. <laughs> that's simple. <laughs> okay. Yes. Stephen, Stephen converts all of the drawing and puts the magic into the ideas. That's ah, good. he's the person with the wand. <laughs> yes, yes. <exactly>. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. So apart from just telling Stephen what to do, Mark, um, what's your role about? Uh, my, my role is uh, overall responsibility for the entire business, making sure that uh, fundamentally we're profitable and we, we can have a long-term future. Uh, our focus is very much on building the brand, protecting the brand and developing new products based on consumer feedback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where we're now. 
And I know all about that consumer feedback because I've been working with you guys on the new trail running range of socks, um, which we were doing last year just before COVID hit, thank goodness. Um, but so why did Bridgedale decide to start trail running socks? I know I've worn your socks for years for walking. You're well known in the walking um, market. Um, but yeah, why did you turn to trail running? We turned to uh, trail running because, uh, as you as you quite rightly say, we're the market leader in in the hiking market. We're very well known in the hiking market. Without being complacent, we produce some of the best socks in the hiking market. So all the feedback, tell, all the feedback from our consumers, tell us that we're looking to grow the business. So we decided to go and find out where there was an area where maybe there wasn't a particularly strong brand, and. Rather than in the past where we've sat around or prior to me arriving, there was a period where the technical people and the salespeople sat around the table in the, in the factory and said, I know what we'll do, we'll make trail running socks. And they went out and bought a load of trail running socks, we read a load of magazines and then made some trail running socks. We decided to go right back to basics and go and talk to some trail runners and find out what it was that they actually wanted and what it was that is currently in the market is not delivering what they want and we, from that uh, the very first meetings we had what really struck us was when we sat with all the trail runners they were very brand loyal when it came to shoes they knew exactly what shoes they were wearing individually they were brand loyal to clothing in the main part but not one of them was sitting there saying these socks i'm wearing are fantastic everybody was saying my socks wear out too quickly they're not great you know some of these uh, guys who we were talking to in the lakes were wearing the socks out in six and eight weeks. Wow. So it gave us an opportunity to say, okay, let's see if we can take what we do with our hikes up and the technology that we understand and provide it to a trail runner. But rather, as I say, just to, re to reiterate, rather than us saying, right, we know what we're doing, we then went back with the course of the trail runners asking them what they wanted and what was wrong with the socks they currently had. And then with that information, Stephen was involved. Stephen went back to the factory and tried to make a sock which answered those uh, concerns from the government. Yes. And um, backwards and forwards until we perfected it. Yeah. Well, it seems like you have already got a load of fans. I know I was already wearing your multi-sport sock, um, the Trail Speed Diva. So I was already wearing Bridgedale socks for trail running. Um, and I, I didn't really realise that I wasn't supposed to be because you hadn't made trail running socks yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I just want to read out, like, there's, um, there's a lot of people watching live. So I just want to read out a couple of comments. Um, and you've got a few fans already. Um, and then we'll go on to how big of the project was once you got going um, so um, Chris Williams said uh, that's a bit spooky I just had delivered my first three pairs of running socks today um, and all my socks are Bridgedales so that's fantastic um, John John Gardner just says hi um, he's over in the States Brad Rush is in Canada he says hi as well um, Adrian Orange says hi everyone this should be interesting because I'm in need of new socks so there, here we go guys the, the pitch starts now <laughs> and um, Antonio Cardinelli says um, hello Claire and everyone um, Michael Mack has asked a question already he wants to know um, if Covid had any impact on the shipping of the, of the socks and things like that so we'll get to that later um, and Rich says um, hello Bridgedales are my go-to socks so he's um, he's out trekking in the Brecon Beacon Beacons in um, Bridgedale socks right now fantastic <laughs> um, 
and you've got a couple of fans as well um, from my patrons who are the guys who get priority with asking their questions. So um, Tim Pickett is thrilled because the thumbnail of this video is his leg in a Bridgedale sock. Um, he said, brilliant socks. I went out and bought a dozen when they came onto the market. So that's good news there. And Rob is a fan. He says, I'm still running in those socks. They last forever. He was part of our testing team as well. Um, so yeah, ha uh, we we'll come on to the first question then, now that we know there's a lot of love already for the Bridgedale socks. <laughs> John, <laughs> John Moisey said, um, I still use the test socks because we, we did a bit of a test um, within the Wild Ginger Running patrons um, and some of them got some really early prototypes to use. Um, he says they're still going strong and he wants to ask how big a project is it to design a new sock? Because um, he's talking about the fact that it's generally one of your cheapest pieces of kit, but it's actually one of the most important pieces of kit, isn't it? Because if you haven't got good feet, then you're not going to run anywhere. So, so yeah, what, how, how big a project is this um, well, for you guys? I think John's just just identified the problem for us as a sock manufacturer is that people, most people, are very excited about going and buying their shoes and their waterproofs and their you know their expensive items and their, yeah the running pack the head research. torch the watch Absolutely. yeah they, they do a lot of uh, and obviously this isn't particularly directed at the people who are on this call now because they obviously know better but a lot of people will go out and they'll spend serious money on all of those items and then they'll just go home and get a pair of socks out of the drawer. They'll go running or walking and think, and they may be surprised they've got a blister, and they don't actually think through the concept of the sock and the shoe are working together with the foot, and that's very much what we base all of our research on. And in terms of how big was this project, we started this project back in August 2018, when we all sat down and we had a presentation from a colleague who's, who's since left us about what the market was, who was in it, you know, how we might approach it. Uh, and so we have only just delivered, or in February, beginning of February, we delivered socks to our customers. So that's how long it took us. Um, and we were we had a uh, we had a team of uh, runners in the Lake District who we were working with testers. We had your team as well, and we had some people in the Peak District. And we were backwards and forwards over the 18 month period, or nearly two years, uh, backwards and forwards to. Uh, to improve the socks. I'm going to say that the, the first conversation was, uh, and we, they literally did, we asked the, people, the guys in the lakes and the girls in the lakes to bring their socks to the table. And they literally brought their socks that they had in a drawer and said, okay, these are the brands I'm wearing. This is, these are the ones that are okay. This is what's good about this one. This is what's good about this one. These are all the things that are lacking. And Stephen went back to the factory and started to make socks. And we made a whole load of socks and then we sent them out to everyone and said, go running them for a month. And then we went back again, and we went backwards and forwards. And so, it's it's time consuming. It's it, m more so than necessarily um, high intensity in terms of uh, money being invested. It's time. It's time actually taking the time to sit down and talk to people and really understand. Because nobody in Bridgedale is a trail runner. So how could we possibly know what a trail runner wanted? So we were trying to get under the skin of these people, not you know as much about why they went running, where they went running, how far they went running, what sort of things that they do, what sort of shoes that they wear, so that we could get a much deeper understanding of what the socks should look like and how they and what they needed to perform. 
Yeah, I was really impressed by that process actually, um, and I know how long it took because we were a part of it together, and it was really great, great to get some of the patrons involved. Um, but we we did a really really good photo shoot where I was really impressed by the way that you got feedback from real runners, like not not elite yeah. athletes who are com- they're completely different really. When you know when a brand says, oh, we've worked with this elite athlete to create this product, I'm always a bit like, oh, but the, that's not the majority of people. So I really yeah. liked how you worked with real runners. And I'm just going to show a few pictures of uh, behind the scenes um, at the photo shoot now. Um, so there's Ed taking a photo there of everybody in their shoes and socks on a log. Um, and there's a lot. There's a doing up laces picture here. Um, there's everybody put their socks into a circle just here. So you can see there's lots of bright colors going on. Um, we were running in a real mountainous location. So we were on Luffrig Fell, just above Ambleside there. And uh, you can see the snow in the hills in the background there. Um, and that is quite, that's quite important because we were trying to do some summary shots as well. So the poor runners had to keep stripping off um, and then we'd warm them back up with a down jacket and a tent as well. Um, so there's just, we, we warmed them up by making them run about a lot as well. There's a shot of Tim leaping across there. And then we all got, this is quite a funny picture. Do you remember, Mark, when we all got in the tent? Um, yes. This was this was pre-COVID. Everybody got um, hungry and we'd got all this bread and cheese and sandwiches and whatnot. And uh, they did a production line in this tent. This is a two-person tent and there's one, two, three, four, five, six people in this tent and me at the front of it as well. Um, and then... Um, it, everyone had a fun time as you can see by everyone's smiles definitely pre-covid because everybody's cramped together like sardines in this tent um, and then there's a nice picture of Mark he didn't fit in the tent so this is a picture of you Mark from inside the tent <laughs> looking very very cold <laughs> with a big down jacket on and a, and, um, and hiking boots and everything um, so yeah that was just a little bit of behind the scenes there to show that we we really did get out and test these socks didn't we people were out using them in anger and really feeding back to you guys on what the socks should be like um, I think also that Claire you, you, you touched on an important point for Bridgedale we we want to be aspirational for and this is not to be rude to any to ordinary people we want to encourage people to go out and we want yeah. You know, as you say, if we, could, if we went out and paid an athlete, to my mind, sometimes these companies that are backing athletes and people look at that situation and say, I'm never going to be that good. I'm never going to be that good. Or actually, for me, even worse, they must be paying to tell us the, the socks. <laughs> yeah. You know? and, and the key thing for us, and uh, the important thing for us was, was to get the negative feedback to be told the socks weren't good was what we wanted to hear so that we could make them better not to be told we were making great socks yeah but unfortunately everybody said they were great (laughs) well eventually yes eventually but that's you know that that took us 18 months to get there to to keep going back through each reiteration and, and improving on them yep yes um and yeah it's it's interesting isn't it how um how Oh yeah. The next thing I wanted to ask was, um, from all that research that you did, what what did you discover that people wanted in a sock? Was there a certain thing that just kept coming up over and over again? To be honest, it was, it was uh, durability and comfort. Right, we've always found a bridge deal with comfort, but if socks comfortable, you don't lose. 
-hmm. You just get on the field whatever you're doing, whatever activity it is, whether it's running or whether it's on the hill. If a sock's uncomfortable or bunching up or giving you a blister, that's when you notice. So to be honest, we wanted people to tell us, yes, we didn't like this function, we didn't like that, but once it's comfortable, you, you just don't notice and you're eating on it. Yeah, I think I, I, what I really liked about Bridgedale socks from the get-go, because I've always worn them in, hi in hiking and then in my running with the multi-sport socks, I really like the way that, oh, I'm wearing one right now, why don't I just show everybody? Um, I really like, uh, sorry everyone, it's a bit of a banky sock, I love the way that they really cup the foot, like that they really feel really snug around the arch um, and mm. they just hug that arch area I find um, so I just I just think they're they're super duper in the way that they are elasticated and stretch and and kind of compress your foot in all the right places um, they also dry really quickly which is really important in a trail running sock especially going for those puddles and um, I find them really durable as well like I've got loads in my drawer and I just wear them over and over and over again so actually they wear out quicker than my other socks but that's only because I only wear Bridgedale socks so it's not really a fair test <laughs> I don't wear the other ones um so yeah they're they're really comfortable um but, so. but also just to expand on on the answer to your question the, the worst there were several things we found from talking to trail runners that we built into these socks that we would never ever have found if we hadn't spoken to them mm -hmm. so the the, uh, the trail runner socks have four particular features which are very specific to them versus uh, all the other socks that we make. Ah. So we have a sport we, so we have a sport fit. So to come back to what you're talking about in terms of the way it works, I'll let Stephen describe what these features are in a minute and how we do it. But we've got a, we've got a sport fit. Uh, we've also got a natural toe spread. So we make the toe box slightly wider than we make in our other socks. Because again, trail runners want their socks to be able to be spread out when they're running. We don't want them to be tied too tight. So we made the sock with the toe box to this the sock slightly wider. Um, we also put a, we make a cuff slightly tighter at the top because again, we, and we call that the zero debris cuff. And the idea of that is to stop the debris going down your sock and into your foot and causing blisters. So it's slightly tighter because the trail runners are running through back then and they're moving quickly. Um, and we also reinforce the toe, uh, the, the, the toe seam at the front because obviously as, as against walkers, you're running downhill, you're not walking downhill, you're running downhill, so you're putting a lot more pressure on the toe box than you would on a walking sock. So they were four things that you would not have thought about or come to without spending all this time talking to people. That's really yeah. interesting. You, I d I'd never really thought about that before. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really realise that that's like, like a kind of a NASA level of effort that's gone into making the perfect sock for trail running. Stephen, <laughs> uh, just explain how we do the sports fit. Yeah. And what the sports fit? Um, well, we've used a very fine base yarn on it in the sock uh, with a lycra to keep it nice and, nice and springy and compressive. On the trail run style, we've also put elastic through way through the sock from the very top right down until the end of the arch elastic which on most of our other bridge heel socks we have elastication where the arch support is and where your ankle support is and the top of the sock. On these, just to make them that bit grippier, we kept the elastic in the free way through. And the zero debris cuff, we made the cuff slightly deeper than we normally would and we started the elastic earlier. So we're on the elastication from the inside right out and then down the rest of the sock. And obviously we've made the elastic at the top at the tighter 
not tighten up, that'll leave my engine on your foot, or it'll be uncomfortable, but we'll just tighten it slightly to give a better a better grip. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. And, and so do you do like Merino and Coolmax, I think, are the two types um, of socks that you've gone for in the trail running range? Yes, uh, we we do Merino. Uh, in the ultralights, we do Merino, which is for the UK, sort of summer. And then we do Coolmax for warmer climates like Greece or Turkey or Spain. Um, for the UK, we also do the lightweight sock. The lightweight sock also has polypropylene in it which will keep you warmer in the winter. It's more for winter weight use. It'll keep you warmer, but it also helps with the moisture away. So again, it's all about, we were told by the, the, the trail runners, within the first 10 minutes, the socks are going to be soaking and they're going to be covered in mud. <laughs> so they basically wanted something that would dry quickly and also keep their feet warm in the winter. Yeah. And is polypropylene, has that got kind of antimicrobial properties? Like, Because I've noticed that I, I can wear these socks for days and they don't smell bad. Um, and that's, yeah, I, I can run in them and, you know, until they just stand up on their own. <laughs> and I yeah. can still run in them and they, they don't smell um, too it's bad. Not, it's, <laughs> it's not really the polypropylene. We've been working in conjunction with the Lycra company, um, making a new uh, well, Lycra dry technology. They claim it's, it's yarns they've already been previously using, but it's a new yarn for us, and it's in the it's in lycra. So because it's in the base yarn, it means the sock will naturally work more moisture away in the base of the sock, which we've never used before for sale. We use socks that do work moisture away, usually polyesters and comaxes, but they're usually the main yarn for all the the trail run yarns. This is part of the base of the sock, and then all the other yarns are sort of woven on top of that or knit on top of that. So it's the lycra dry means uh, the technology of the yarn means from your toe right through the rest of your sock. Every single course in that sock is uh, just like uses this lycra dry technology and works, helps to work the moisture away. The Coolmax socks will work it away even quicker because obviously Coolmax gets moisture as well. Um, being a hydrophobic yarn, so uh, I say the Coolmax is more for warmer climates. So we we have, we have three different types of socks. Yeah. Sort of winter weight UK, summer weight UK, which are both merino, and then the Coolmax one for warmer climates. Fantastic, yeah. So there's something for everyone and for every season, for every type of run. Um, and I'm just wondering what the factory is like. I mean, I've got this image of like my grandma has a knitting machine and it was quite big and it sort of went like, <laughs> like what what does it look like when the sock is made? Like, is it like on a tube or something? I like um, the, the, the sock like? Is, is, is the sock is made on a cylindrical knitting machine. So it means the the machines, it's a circle of 156 or 112 needles, depending on which sock we're, we're made 156 in. needles? Yes. Wow, so I think that's more than my grandma could wield. <laughs> yeah, so um, from start to finish, this, we we start knitting the sock, it knits from the top down, and by the time it finishes, there's a mechanical arm comes across, picks the sock out of the machine, and then st stitches the, the toe on it, and then it drops out as a complete sock. Oh. Then we can do the next process. But the machines themselves um like three foot square and about six foot tall. Oh okay. So, and so like quite a bit. Um, we, we have one of them in the background. So so are there lots of machines making socks all the time? There's there's lines of machines. Oh okay. Yeah. yeah. And so are there people working on each one, like feeding it with yarn and it's going yum 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 yum? 
I'm gonna make a song. Yum 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 yum. Something ah, like that. okay. Oh, it'd be so cool to like do a tour at some point. Uh, I I've never seen socks actually be made. Like you just don't think of that, do you? Like how on earth are they actually made? Um, yeah, my nanny used to. She used to knit on with three needles like that, yes. like crisscross. Cause she used to knit my granddad's socks for him, and they were on three. It's needles. Exact same process, except it's a circular knitting machine instead of actual needles. Needles where you're casting off and knitting. It's a circular knitting process, so. It means it's, it's a continuous process, so you just keep feeding yarns on different points of the sock, depending yeah. on what part of you want to knit. Some of our socks will have up to 15 or 16 yarns in each sock, different yeah. yarn. Wow. It's come on they're a bit since... Different places, yeah. 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 Brilliant. Just, yeah, to get the comfort and the quick drying and then, then the support and then the elasticity. Wow, there's a lot goes into it, isn't it? It's just it's, everyone thinks all oh, the humble sock, but it is actually a really important piece of heroin and care. Um, yeah, there's a lot more than most people think. Most people who visit the factory are quite impressed by how much yarns and how much yarns went into the, sock, into the socks and how much actually how many different processes are actually like the factory. Yeah, and we've we've just got a question um, about mm -hmm. the the stitching. Um, uh, Adrian says, um, stitching the sock at the bottom, does it leave a seam or anything? Um, because that can be problematic for running. I'm just going to have, I don't think I've got a seam. I'm just going to take mine off and have a look whilst you explain that. <laughs> um, the the stitching, the so once the sock uh, finishes knitting, it folds the toe in half and stitches across the top of the sock. It actually stitches on the outside. So if there is a seam at all, it'll be on the outside, but generally it's totally flat seam. Because of the machines we're using, you shouldn't be able to feel any seam on the inside plate. Yeah, I can't. I you yeah. used to be able to on socks, don't you? And and any fashion yeah. socks that you get, you can see the seam. But I'm just holding mine up now for demonstration purposes. That's the inside of the sock. Um, yeah. So there's lots of loops here, and somebody has asked a question about all these loops and the insulation, mm -hmm. which we'll get to a little bit later. But um, but yeah, I can't I can't see a seat like on socks. There used to be a bubble there, didn't there, each side? Yeah. But there Absolutely. is there is uh, no bubble. Just uh, it's just nothing there. The seams on the outside. Yeah. Yeah, the seams are the dark purple line just under the bridge That's yeah. the seam that, on that's the outside. Yeah, that answers your question, Adrian. Um, and uh, Chris Williams has just added, um, I always used Thorlow socks for work and hiking, but picked up some Bridgedales and never looked back. And that was about 15 years ago. Can't recommend them highly enough. There you go. I think we, do, we don't need to do this broadcast, do we? Everybody's already a fan. <laughs> um, fab okay so next question is still um about the factory and the process um i was just wondering because lately i've um obviously been very scared by david attenborough's um gloomy uh prospects for the planet i was just wondering how eco-friendly the process of making a sock is or can be um and what your hopes are for the eco-friendliness of bridgedale not for me mark yeah okay i'll, I'll pick that one up so as a business, uh, historically, we have all done lots of what are now perceived to be eco-friendly things, even before they became fashionable. <laughs> um, so we changed our process of uh, washing and drying. So we now use steam rather than water. So we, we saved a huge amount of water. Uh, we, we're doing all the simple things like the LED lights, um, 
you know, we're very conscious of not being caught in the trap that people get caught in and get accused of greenwashing. So we're not overselling that concept, but we are trying hard to do all of the right things. I think one of our strongest arguments uh, is that when you buy our socks, we seriously have people writing in tellers that their socks are 15 years old, they're 10 years old, or 12 years old. So actually, you know, the longevity of our socks means that if you're buying big girls, you're buying less pairs of socks, you're using less, uh, you know, if you were buying socks every year or every two or three years, you'd be using a lot more energy. So it's it's a difficult argument to, sh to show numbers for, mm. but fundamentally our socks last a long time. So we're not in fast fashion uh, and the longevity is, is absolutely, a, you know, an environmental argument. Yeah, it definitely is. The most, yeah, the most environmentally friendly piece of clothing is the one that you already own, isn't it? That's what they say. Absolutely. And, and the other thing we are doing, and we have done over the last sort of three or four years, we are moving to uh, recycled yarns. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. So what made yeah. from plastic bottles and bits of yeah. plastic in the ocean and things like that? Yeah. And then obviously we're using wool. We use a lot of wool. Mm -hmm. And then the man-made fibres are now increasingly we're able to buy recycles and that's what we're doing. Ah, oh, fab. And then and what about the dyeing process? Because um, like, there's things like blue sign, isn't there, that people can sign up to, which can which shows that people are using kind of e-friendly dyeing processes and the, the colours in things aren't kind of leaching out into the streams and turning all the fish blue, <laughs> pink. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, we're, we're in the process at the moment of... Uh, of contacting, in fact, we're right in the middle of it, of talking to all of our dye houses, and we are chasing as hard as we can uh, vegan-friendly dyes as well. Oh, how that's exciting! Oh, why yeah, would a dye not be eco-friendly? I know they make red from cochineal beetles from Peru, but why would a dye not be uh, vegan? Because they're using they use oh, animals, beetles, uh, <laughs> okay, beetles and things to, yeah. to do the dye, and kittens. <laughs> kittens and fluffy puppies yes. <laughs> all used. I don't think it goes quite that far. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no I, I jest. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. It's really good to know that, that Bridgedale is committed in that way to um, um, just making this beautiful world that we run in, um, well, to preserve it as much as possible because we all want to do that, don't we? Um, but just going back to the... Um, the design that Stephen was talking about. Um, we had a question from Rich Simpson about the hoops, um, the insulating hoops, um, which I'll just, I shouldn't put this sock back on, should I? I need to keep hoiking it out. Um, right, so the hoops, um, inside the sock there's like various loops, aren't there? So, yeah, there is, yeah. like little loops, can people see that? Yeah, so there's all these loops. So Rich says for, for an April Fool this year, he got all his instructors to count the hoops in a one centimetre square of a sock to make sure that there was enough insulation for the cold weather. Um, and he told them that they would get new socks if the hoopage was low. But I think it was a, a April Fool that he did. He can't remember the results, but he wants to know if there's actual truth in that. Like, do your mo more insulated socks, do they have bigger hoops or just more hoops or thicker hoops? Or how do you make a sock? Uh, more warm. Um, generally, it's the amount of yarn we put into it. That most of our thicker socks are on it on our thicker machines, which have 112 needles. So obviously, if it's 112 needles, you can only get 112 terry loops per course per every single course of the, the sock. But what we do, we would maybe put in three or four yarns 
into that. So each yarn is four military weight. So if we add three or four ends of yarns in, that means instead of getting 112 terry roots, you're suddenly getting three or four times that amount, depending where we're putting the sock to beef it up and make it more more warm or durable. So yes, we we can change the amount of terry roots just purely by adding more yarns onto it. Uh -huh. On the trail run socks, um, we use a T2 technology. So the yarn that's on the outside to make it more durable, it actually shrinks less. So there's two terry loops for every you see. The other one, the other one's actually inside and a lower height loop. So because of that, it gives you, it gives more spring to the sock as well. Oh wow, there's so much that goes into it, isn't it? It's like I need to view my sock under a microscope to to really check out all the all the amazing features. No wonder, like you see the back of sock um, packaging sometimes, and they they point to this, that, and the other. It's, it's like there's more technology that's gone into that than a GPS watch. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the easiest way to to look at the technology is to turn the sock inside out. And if you turn the sock inside out, you'll see all the things that Stephen's talking about. You'll see the You'll be able to see the lycra where it's where it's designed to hold the, the sock in place. You'll be able to see all the loops. You'll be able to see see and feel the different yarns that bring the sock and where they're back on the sock. Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? And I just think it's really interesting that you've also managed to make a pattern on the socks. So socks used to be, um, well, you can see there very clearly, like the different parts of the sock and how the different yarns work mm -hmm. together to make that comfy, um, supportive um, features but it's really nice that you've, you've kind of put like this little like flower pattern on the sock um, which I just think is yeah. just stunning, yeah. isn't it? It's great, I love it because before socks just used to be a bit boring but they're really colourful now um, and uh, very exciting. <laughs> I do. Um, and Rich also has a cheeky question, um, uh, he says he's going to Antarctica in a team of eight um, and he wants you to sponsor them. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I said, oh well, I'll ask them. But, but they may have done all their testing by now. But if you had some super cold ones with lots of hoops, then uh, maybe you need someone to test them. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure we, I'm sure we could supply a few pairs of socks. Ah, we get in touch with us, yeah. Yeah, Rich will be, um, Rich will be really excited about that. Um, he's just said he's out trekking in the Brecon Beacons, um, so he's going to catch up on this broadcast later. So he will be thrilled to know that we answered his question for him. <laughs> okay, fab. So um, let's move to the next question, which is Chloe. Um, Chloe would like to know: Can um, Bridgedale socks be tumble dried without shrinking? I am the queen of washing and shrinking. <laughs> <coughs> yes, um, yes, they're, they're going to be tumble dried in a low, low setting. And for best results, we recommend turning them inside out before you tumble dry them. Oh. Or, uh, also for washing as well. Turn them oh. inside out. Oh, turn them inside out. Oh, okay. For, for washing and tumble drying, yeah. Oh, I I sometimes do that just because I figured that it would be sweaty inside, sweatier inside than out. But if they're muddier yeah. outside than in, then I tend to just wash them this way around. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll wash them inside out from now on. Thank you very much, Stephen. Yeah, they can become more dried in the room, sailing. Yeah. Brilliant. Awesome. Okay. Well, that was a lovely quick answer to the question. Um, and then David would like to know about compression socks. Um, I don't know if you guys uh, are okay to answer this. I can answer this if um, if it's not in your arena. But he says, uh, do do you make compression <coughs> socks? Um, at Bridgedale, um, and if so, do they make a big difference to running? 
Um, yes, we do make compression socks, or we have, we have made some compression socks previously. Uh, yes, they do make a difference. The main reason is they, stop, they tend to clump everything, up, everything in your in your legs, so they clump the muscles together, so the muscles not moving about, which means you're using less energy. Um, they don't tire you out as much. Also, because they're compressive, it's all about the blood flow. The more blood you can keep going to your muscles, the more oxygen you can keep in those muscles. So it's yes, they definitely help. Yeah, they also help in recovery, don't they? Um, yeah, for the same reason. Same idea, yeah. Yeah. But, but interestingly, Claire, when we were doing the research, there was no demand or no significant demand from any of the people we were working with for a compression sock. Oh. Otherwise, made one. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Also, for a sock to be compressive, it's the leg only that is compressive. Mm. You, keep, you can't get a sock that's compressive in the foot. It's, it's a leg only. So again, because our socks were ankle length or, or below, we didn't see the, the, the need for it to be a compressive sock. It is elasticated, but it's not compressive. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that because I, if I ever wear compression, I wear calf guards in, and then you can wear whatever sock you want. So yeah, yeah but uh, some, a lot of runners in my running club, like they absolutely swear by compression socks. I think it just makes them feel better, you know, like a psychological thing. But whenever I run in them, I get a really dead feeling calf. Maybe I've got them too tight. <laughs> Um, so I'm just going to read out a couple of questions, a uh, couple of, um, couple of live comments. So Adrian says thanks for answering his question as well. Um, Gordon says hi as well. He's, um, he's a, sorry, he's late to the broadcast. He's enjoying it. Um, and then Chris says, ah, the hoops are there to catch your newly cut toenails. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because that's the thing, isn't it? You must cut your toenails because you don't want because you can wear out your sock prematurely if you've got a really long, sharp toenail, can't you? I mean, no sock's going to withstand a like a, a jabbing, sharp toenail. Right. Yeah. Okay, so that's um, that is a good bit of advice there. And um, Chris was also saying he got told to wash them inside out for the first wash and then normal afterwards. Is no, that a thing, no. or is we it... no. always washed inside out? Inside out. Okay. Okay. Well, you could try, Chris, couldn't you? You could try washing one pair always inside out and washing one pair always not inside out and see which one lasted for longer. I think you could do a scientific experiment and upload that to Strava. Um, then we've got a, a quick question from Gordon who says, have you thought about the packaging um, if uh, saying if the socks are ideal for narrow fitting shoes, etc.? So, because he said when he did the testing, they were brilliant, but some of the shoes were then a little tight. I suppose that's just if you've got a thicker sock or a thinner sock, isn't it? Um, so, that would answer that question. Um, what do you guys think about narrow fit and wide fit on the packaging? Um, because of because of the amount of lycra we have in every sock we make, we generally don't need sort of narrower wide fittings because of the lycra. Yeah. And the way they're designed, once you wash them, they will. A lot of people say our oh, socks shrink once they're washed. They don't shrink. They go back to the size they were, they were made at. So, because they might have light rain, once you wash them and they reduce down, they generally always give you a nice, neat, snug fit. And say they're made in the size range to fit either from the bottom right up to the top of the size range. Yeah. I suppose um, what. Uh, so, for Gordon, um, if it's a thicker sock, then you might not want a thicker sock if you've got quite 
tight-fitting shoes. So you'd, you'd go for one of the thinner ones, Gordon, like um, like the Cool Max ones there. Are they the thinner ones? Um, yeah, yeah. so you might find that you just need to look for a, a thinner sock. Um, so rather than the sock packaging, it's probably just a question of knowing um, what size of sock you need in your shoes. Because some of some of my shoes, I'm like, oh, I need a thick sock for this shoe. And then some of my shoes, I'm like, ah, oh, I need a thinner one for this one because it fits a bit closer. So, yeah, I think it's up to the consumer to probably decide um, what kind of thickness of sock that they need. Um, yeah but also another good point is to take the socks with you when you buy your shoes so take the socks with you that you want to wear in those shoes so if you've got a pair of, of socks which feel a bit tight in your current shoes and then you're upgrading to some different shoes then take them with you and then you can get a really really good fit there Gordon so that is just my little tip there um, okay, and then so I want to just quickly talk about waterproof socks because I'm sure Bridgedale do a storm sock, don't they? Um, so they yeah, so should we just quickly cover that and um, whether, is that for runners or is it for mountain bikers? Well, I think we, we, we need to be completely honest here. We developed a waterproof sock as a waterproof sock. We didn't develop it specifically for runners. Okay, so it was, it was brought into the range uh, two years ago, three years ago. Uh, they are built to our specifications, but we don't, we can't make them, in, we can't put them together in Northern Ireland, so they are, they are imported. Um, we have tried them with trail runners, and trail runners tell us that our thinnest, our lightweight uh, storm sock is a comfortable sock to run in. So we can tell you that much, but we wouldn't be sitting here uh, for a minute saying that we were designed specifically for that purpose. Yeah. That's fair enough. I just wanted yeah. to cover the fact that there is a waterproof sock available yeah. from Bridgedale and you can use it for running should you want to. <laughs> yeah, and our recommendation would be is you buy the lightweight. Yeah. yeah. We do a lightweight, a midweight and a heavyweight. And certainly the guys in the lakes who used it, they were very complimentary about the lightweight. Awesome. And found that they could run in it and it didn't cause them any problems. Mm. And they kept the feet in the winter. Yeah. Fantastic, and so I've just we've covered um, we've covered a lot of aspects about the new um, the new designs and like the yarns and um, the the size of the project and how you did everything. But I just wondered for you guys both, what was your favourite part of this project, and what what has been your favourite part of launching a new trail running range to the world from Bridgedale? Stephen, what was yours? <laughs> uh, for me, it was going to meet the guys. And find out exactly what what the need was, and then seeing them again at the photo shoot, and hearing the, the results back of what they thought about. That, that that was the best part for me. The initial concept of finding out what they needed in a trail running sock, and then also say meeting up with them again at the photo shoot and hearing their response about it and hearing how elated they were with them. So you're because you're not a runner, Stephen. You're like the translator, aren't you, between the runners and the machines? So you're like yeah, the the conduit of information, and then you're like put it out in the machines. Has it inspired you to go running? Any either of you? I, I go running. Yeah. Well, I, I was I was a bit of a runner to be to begin with, but I have to say, working with the trail runners. Yeah, I'm running a lot more than I did. Yeah, oh, more. you said no one at Bridgedale was a runner when you started the conversation, yes, Mark. No, yeah. <laughs> Hiding your light under a bushel there. 
in the sense that I might I might run six or seven kilometres round a reservoir or across the fields. I'm not Still a trail running. runner up and down mountains and up and down hills as you know some of the, the really serious people we were talking to. So, so yes, yes, I'm sort of a runner, a yeah. lightweight runner. Yeah, <laughs> a lightweight sock for a lightweight runner. Yeah. And what was yeah. your favourite part of the process then, Mark? Uh, at the risk of sounding I'm just copying Stephen I think actually the interaction with, with, with the runners and really getting to understand them and for me uh, what was really I found really exciting and really positive was the feedback we got and the enthusiasm with which uh, our testers embraced the whole project you know they, they really became engaged which was fantastic for us and if you see any of our advertising or any of our social media the photographs in the adverts and all of our adverts are our, are our testers. We haven't gone and, you know, we're, we're using we're using real people, which is which is exciting. And it's inspiring for people, I think, to see that we're not spending lots of money on athletes who will then tell us how great our product is. We're using real people. And some of them, you know, uh, certainly uh, Tim is involved in some of those. You know, there's pictures of Tim out there in social media. There's yeah. pictures of his uh, legs on the now. Yeah, and, and uh, Matt Beresford up in the Lake District has been at the front of some of our campaigns, and they've all just embraced the whole process, which has been fantastic. Yeah, really they did well. yeah, yeah, I think they were quite excited that we were taking yeah. the time to ask them what they wanted. Yeah. So, it, it was, regarding that, that side of it, it was quite an easy project, because yeah. for once we were trying to second guess what the market needed. But we were asking people straight away, what what do you need? What do you need this stuff to do? What leg height does it need to be? How thick does it need to be? What colours would you like, whether it's light colours or dark colours? They all migrate up into yeah. dark colours because they say they're going to get more even in 10 minutes. Um, so, yeah, no, it was interacting with the guys. They, they were the experts and knew, knew what they wanted and knew what their current socks didn't do. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, that's what stood out for me as well. It was really great how you didn't just assume, oh, yeah, we'll do this and we'll make a sock. And here it is, guys, this is what you want. You were like... Yeah, yeah, let's get everyone involved. You were, you took it really seriously, but in a fun way. We had a lot of fun on that photo shoot, didn't we? We did, we did. And we, and we actually, one of the things we ended up with, it was a selection of colours in particular, which we would never have got to. Because we'd done a whole load of what we thought was the right research when we started, and the first presentation was all about black socks and white socks. And white no socks? To, you know, yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, That's the <laughs> I would have said brown socks. <laughs> White socks would become brown socks. <laughs> okay, again, even with the color selections, we made up a, a selection of colors. And in total, I think about 30 different colors. And then yeah. the trail runner guys, they, they picked the colors and said, wouldn't wear this color, we'd wear that color. So again, that, that made it easier because it was you guys picking the colors rather than saying, you need this red sock, you need this blue sock. Yeah, yeah, it's good, isn't it? And so um, I'm really excited as well because um, in the Wild Ginger Running competition, we have a monthly competition which the patrons all stand to win. Patrons is, is a way of supporting me on YouTube, by the way. If you don't know what our patron is, just Google Wild Ginger Running Patron, you will find out. It's a way of supporting me on YouTube. Um, so this month we have a competition to win a year's supply of Bridgedale socks, trail running socks, worth £100. So that is, thank you very much, Mark and Stephen, for that. It's really kind of you. Okay. 
and also I'm running a training camp at the end of June. It's the 25th to the 27th of June. It's for beginner to intermediate runners. Um, so take a look on my website, wildgingjoining.co.uk. Uh, um, and everybody on that training camp will get a pair of socks for free too in the goodie bag. So British Isle socks all over the place. Um, so I just need to ask you guys, what is next for Bridgedale before we end the chat? Okay, what's next for us? And we've uh, we've already started it. Uh, we're going through, we're going through exactly the same process that we did for trail running. Um, we're now doing it with uh, mountain bikers. And again, the initial meetings with the mountain bikers, uh, we got a similar reaction to our initial meeting with uh, trail runners, which was they would talk for hours about how good their shoes are and how good their bikes are and how good their clothes are but they have, none of them are excited about the quality and uh, the comfort and the longevity of their socks so i'm hoping we've we've hit on another another good uh, development opportunity for the business with uh, mountain bikers amazing uh, again. i wonder if the mountain bikers will want like more of a waterproof ness to their socks because when i so, well, I don't do much mountain biking around here, but I do a lot of road cycling and the wind chill and if it's raining and stuff like that, I always really like a waterproof sock and I always like a, like a cuff, which is Lumo, so that um, cars can see me, but it would be completely different to mountain bikers. But yeah, they're often going, like it's really muddy, isn't it, mountain biking? So I wonder if they would like a waterproof sock more than more than the trail runners, even more than the trail well, runners do. Well, the answer is yes. And I think, again, the it's interesting because uh, the challenge is different when you're running clearly your feet are, are moving all the time yeah and so the motion lots of motion and that generates some warmth on a bike your foot doesn't actually move it's yeah. fixed it just goes up and down and it goes up and down and it's very much open to the wind and the wet so it's about warmth it's as much about warmth as anything else for that uh, trying to find keeping them warm with a well, obviously you can do it with a waterproof, but you can also do it without it being waterproof by combination of yarns and things. So in severe conditions, you have to get out of waterproof sock. But in cold, dry conditions, you clinically can find a way of providing a knitted sock. Because the bottom line is a knitted sock is always more, more comfortable to wear than a waterproof sock. Yeah, yeah. So it just needs to dry quickly and not let in too much wind. Yeah. 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 And, you, and you, you can't make... Uh, uh, a waterproof sock at the moment, there isn't a the technology there to make a waterproof sock fit as tightly and as comfortably as a knitted sock. So. Yeah, I know. Whenever I've worn waterproof socks for running, they're not like as good as just wearing a normal sock. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, they are a nice option for like short runs, but if I ever run like a yeah. long run all day, like your feet end up like really wrinkly, like you know like when you've been in the bath and you get like yeah. really wrinkly. Yeah, Because yeah. yeah, basically yeah. it's like like a prune isn't it so yeah, <laughs> yeah. um so yeah the, the technology is yet to come on waterproof socks um because our skin is pretty much waterproof isn't it it's, <laughs> we need to find something that's like that um brilliant okay so um was there anything else that you guys wanted to say because um i've asked you loads of questions tonight but it, is there anything that we haven't covered that you just feel like you want to get out there tonight um to tell everybody watching and then i'll read you a couple of nice comments that people have put well i, I think all i'd like to say on, on behalf of each is thank you and just thank everyone for participating tonight and thank everybody who participated in uh, in our development process yeah. And you know, as a business, we are absolutely open to feedback. 
and we're absolutely open to people uh, emailing us. The most useful emails we get are people saying, well, actually, the socks falling apart or it hasn't worked very well. And then we can have a look at it. And I can, I can absolutely tell you that when we get socks like that into the office, and my office is in Macclesfield, they very quickly get sent across to Stephen. And Stephen and the guys in the factory look at them and see how we can improve them. And yeah. uh, we have actually made one slight improvement on the and socks uh, since we finished the development process. Because following the development process, uh, we had a pair of socks sent in from someone, who, uh, one of our testers, because uh, we'd asked the testers to send us the socks when there was any sign of wear. So one of them sent them in and said, here's the socks, I've done just over a thousand miles on these socks, and now there's a bit of wear on the back. <laughs> so Stephen <laughs> had those socks, and he has added slightly more yarn in, a little, in, in one little area of the back of the heel, oh. because the socks started to fail at a thousand miles. Brilliant. But, but that's the sort of detail we're involved in. And uh, as I say, I would just like to thank everyone for, for helping us. Yeah. 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 I can tell them Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, I'd just like to say thank, say thank you as well for both of you for being here tonight and for explaining beautifully how the sock design and creation process works. And it's really lovely to know that you're so open to feedback and that you can do those quick changes to those socks to really hone and improve that product for years to come. Um, and great, great about the eco side of things as well, that you're really looking into that and taking that seriously too. Um, so yeah, thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Mark. And we've just got a I've just, just got time to read out a couple of questions here. There's lots of nice comments here. So Chris says, going to have a look at the Bridgedale light version. And Gordon says, what I loved about the test socks were that they kept my feet nice and warm, even when they did get wet, even on a cold day. So there you go. Some also some nice feedback there as well um, oh and Adrian's just put I am Brill I am sold order will be on its way so look, we've sold <laughs> you've, from an, for an hour's work in the evening you've sold at least one pair of socks there so well done guys That's great. That's <laughs> fantastic um, well this will be available on the podcast as well um, shortly uh, so you can listen to it while you run which will be fantastic um, but yeah thanks again to both of you for coming on tonight it's been really great to find out more about how socks are made and the millions of different needles um and yeah it's fantastic that you're open to feedback for the future as well yeah thank you okay brilliant so night everybody and i will see you in a couple of weeks time bye bye Hi, it's Claire here. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. These live chats take place every Wednesday evening at 6.30pm UK time on Wild Ginger Running YouTube channel. And the link is in the show notes. I just wanted to let you know that you can find this and loads more advice and inspiration and gear tests all about trail and ultra running on my YouTube channel, Wild Ginger Running. There are training tips, advice from elite athletes, top coaches, nutritious recipes, key exercises, injury prevention information, and tons of trail kit reviewed from running packs to poles, waterproofs to head torches, GPS watches, and shoes, 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 and did I mention shoes? I've been going for a few years now, so there's a huge archive of content to help you out with your trail and ultra running. 
To quickly and easily find the information you need, simply type your query into the Google search box and then write wild ginger running after it. Then Google will show you whatever blog posts or films I have on that topic. Give it a try. And if you appreciate listening and all the information I share on YouTube, you're also very welcome to support me on Patreon, which gets you some additional excellent perks and the chance to win some awesome prizes. For as little as the price of a cup of coffee every month, patrons get discounts, extra films, access to the exclusive Facebook and Strava groups, the chance to ask questions to every live chat guest, plus automatic entry into my monthly competition to win £400 worth of trail and ultra running gear. There are only about 150 patrons, so the odds on a win are way better than the lottery. Interested? Find me at patreon.com slash wildgingerrunning. Thanks for listening, guys. Have fun, enjoy your run, and I'll see you on the trails.